It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Peace and blessings, everyone who's out there in Truth Hour land. We thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. I'm your host, brother and minister, um, Brother Black Ice. And today we are dealing with another episode and edition of The Women of Faith. And this is part two. Again, The Women of Faith. And this is part two. Last week's lesson was such a powerful, powerful lesson that we decided to bring it back once again tonight brothers and sisters again last week was such a powerful lesson that we decided to bring it back again this evening and i thank all of you all who tuned in shared the lesson and just was a part of the experience from last week and i'm looking forward to just another powerful powerful lesson on this evening brothers and sisters so again we ask that you guys will get your bibles your pen your paper um this recording has started we will be going live on facebook and youtube in about five minutes again we will be going live on facebook and youtube in about five minutes so if you hear a little bit of dead air for those who's listening to the recording just hang in there we are getting things set up right now as we speak again we're getting things set up right now as we speak brothers and sisters so hang tight we'll be getting started in a moment Right. 60 seconds before we bring on our YouTube and our Facebook live, well, at least our Facebook live. 60 seconds. We are boarding the 30-second mark, the 30-second. All right. Counting down in at 10 seconds. Five, four, three, two, and one. 
Thank you, brothers and sisters, for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. I am your host and minister, Brother Black Ice, and I am elated to come before you again for another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. This is the Truth Hour Bible Class, brothers and sisters. So at this time, we ask that you get ready to share the lesson again at this time we ask that you get ready to share the lesson and um we are running it back last week was another powerful lesson and uh, the lesson was called the women of faith and so we are running that back again the women of faith and I am excited once again to come before you and bring to you another powerful lesson on what thus saith the Lord. Again, we share what the words, what the word says, right? And we share what the word teaches. So uh, we don't stray to the left and we don't stray to the right of that. The whole premise is salvation. But how do we gain salvation, brothers and sisters? We gain salvation by keeping his statues his laws and his commandments because what faith without works is dead peace and blessings to each and every one of you all brother darnell vaughn brother malachi israel thank you so much for tuning in we ask that you all share the lesson at this time which is what i'm doing actually right now i'm sharing the lesson as well getting it out to the different groups in which i belong to in which they're probably going to kick me out uh pretty soon they're gonna probably kick your brother out they's like man stop sharing these videos in my page but it's kind of hard to distinguish which page is which um when i'm doing the multiple shares at one time so if you are part of some of those groups excuse me my bad um i didn't mean to break your rules but I am just trying to get this word out, brothers and sisters. So if you're on right now, we ask that you go get your Bibles, your pen, your paper. What did you guys think about last week's lesson, man? I, I thought that it was very powerful. I didn't like the way that YouTube didn't put it with our, our, our regular videos. They put it under a live tab. But what did you all think? Sister Crystal Wells is in the building. Uh, let me see. Uh, Brother Dean Furlow is in the building. Viola Rogers is in the building. What did you guys think about last week's lesson? I thought that it was very powerful. Y'all made me do my research and my homework again for today's lesson. But hey, uh, I always tell people you can't be a lazy Christian. You can't be a lazy Christian, brothers and sisters. So let's get ready to read the what we believe. And then after we read the what we believe, we will go ahead and bring on our, our YouTube. And then we will get everything rolling, brothers and sisters. After we bring on our YouTube, we will get everything rolling and going forth. Okay. Information Center. Let's see. We are almost there. 
Yeah, almost there. Share with one more feed. Okay, I think we're ready for the what we believe, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and get ready for the what we believe. And then we'll go ahead and get our YouTube recording on. Again, thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour. I see my brother and mentor on the line, Brother Julius. I just got off the phone with him. I always reach out to that brother and be like, brother, what do you, what do you think I'm missing in this, in this lesson for tonight? My brother always gives me some sound advice. And I'm glad that my brother's in my life where I can call on him when I need him. Um, so the Truth Hour Bible class is an online social media Bible-based ministry where we teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus, the Christ, so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then don't believe it. Here's what we believe, number one. We believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute with our brothers and sisters that want to use the name Yahshua, Esau, or any other variation of the name as it was translated from Hebrew, Aramaic, to Latin, to Greek, to Old English, and to English. And again, I always say that if you pick up a 1611 King James version of the Bible, you will find no J's in it. Even James is spelled with the letter I. So for those who want to use those variations of the names, we don't say that you're wrong. We don't say that you're in error. But the reason why we use the name Jesus, brothers and sisters, is because the word of God also says that my name shall be great amongst the Gentiles. And when you talk about Gentiles or white folks, the name that they hold in high regard and that is most recognizable to them is not the Hebrew Aramaic version of it. It's not the Latin or the Greek version of it or the old English version of it. It is the name Jesus. And that's why we choose to use it and prefer to use that over all the other variations. We believe that Jesus alone, number two, is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American and those who were spread throughout the four corners of the world by way of the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites. And all the Lord's statutes, laws, and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must keep the law to the best of our ability. Number seven, we believe in the Lord's dietary law as listed in Leviticus, the 11th chapter. So we don't do pork or shrimp or lobster or catfish or any other animal or beast of the field or fowl of the air that's deemed to be unpermissible to eat. This is the law, according to the Lord, of the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures or Old Testament and the testimony or New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be an Old Testament scholar or a New Testament Christian. You must be both. Isaiah 8 and 20. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. We don't believe in the cross or images or holidays that originated in the worship of false and idol gods. Now, you may celebrate a holiday today and you may say, well, <clears throat> this is for the children or, or, or this is celebrated in the name of Jesus or this is celebrated, well, we say that was instituted originally 
in the worship of a false and idol god so when you go back and you research that holiday if the customs and the traditions that you do on that holiday you could trace all the way back to the worship of a pagan and false and idol god it is anti-christ brothers and sisters and satan's job is to make evil look fair seeming number 10 we believe that salvation through jesus is for all people no matter what race color or nationality and you can read that a little bit in revelation 7 and 9 we're going to deal with that on tonight's broadcast brothers if you have a head covering on we ask that you remove that head covering sisters if you don't have a head covering on we ask that you go get a scarf or something and place it over your head so that we can be in compliance with the ordinances of god as listed in first corinthians the 11 chapter verses three through six. First corinthians the 11 chapter verses three through six let us stand up and face jerusalem and pray into our lesson for this evening which is the women of faith part two Father God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we say thank you, Father God. Thank you for all your statutes, your laws, and your commandments, Father God, and your word to keep us on your straight and narrow path, Father God. Father God, we know that the whole duty of man is to fear you and keep our commandments. We ask that you give us the strength, the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding to do just that. Father God, we ask that you bless tonight's lesson, the Women of Faith Part 2. Let these women be examples for us, Father God, that through faith, Although we may not obtain the promise while we're in this lifetime, that we will obtain the reward when you come, um, Father God. Father God, we pray this prayer through your son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. So let's go ahead and get ready, brothers and sisters, for our lesson for this evening, which is the women of faith, part two. The women of faith, part two. And we're going to go ahead and get ready and bring our YouTube on. And our YouTube is going to go live in 10 seconds. YouTube is going live in 10 seconds. Five, four, three, two. Peace and blessings, YouTube, and thank you for another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning PRET radio. Now, tonight's lesson is the second installment of the Women of Faith. Again, it is the second installment of the Women of Faith. If you missed it last week, then go to our YouTube channel, which is Truth Hour TV. And you can either watch it there or you can click the live button under our channel truth hour tv and you can watch the lesson there so we have two videos up of last week but this week we are running it back because our brothers and our sisters said we want a part two the lesson was so powerful and so good brother ice that you got to do a part two and why do we do these lessons in the month of march because in america march is considered as national women's month and so because of our ode to the women, our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts, and those female mentors that God has blessed us to have in our lives, we wanted to do something in tribute of them to show them that, yeah, the Bible talks about Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, talks about Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and talks about Moses and Aaron, talks about Joshua, talks about Noah. There are many women in the Bible that are talked about and held in high regard 
as well. So again, tonight is the second installment of this series called The Women of Faith. In lesson one, we covered Rahab. We covered Mary and Martha. We covered the woman who had issue with blood for 12 years. And many more we covered in part one. So again, go back and look at part one. But we're going to continue where we left off at in part one, brothers and sisters. We could learn a lot from these women of faith. And so let us go ahead and continue with this lesson tonight, the women of faith part two. It is these women, brothers and sisters, who had faith sometimes more than the men had faith. So the first place we're going to go is the book of John, the fourth chapter. We're going to talk about the Samaritan woman at the well. That's where we're going to start off talking about the Samaritan woman at the well, brothers and sisters. There's an underlining lesson in this story about the woman at the well, this Samaritan woman at the well. So when, when, when I saw it, I was like, we got to go in depth. Normally we just read it and we just talk about the exchange back and forth between Jesus and the woman at the well. But let's look at this thing a little bit deeper, a little bit closer. Let's analyze this encounter between Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. Let's go to the book of John, the fourth chapter. The book of John, the fourth chapter. And we're going to read verses one through nine. John four. One through nine. And again, brothers and sisters, sermons, you know, are, are okay. Um, but we teach the word of God here on this Bible class. So we don't just want to give you a couple of scriptures, close the book and tell you how we feel based on what the word of God says. No, brothers and sisters, we want the Bible to speak here on the Bible class, Truth Hour. So you're not just going to get one or two scriptures. You're going to get several scriptures because at the end of the night, we don't want you to say Brother Black Ice said. We want you to say that Brother Black Ice read about these women of faith. We're going to start off with this woman, this Samaritan woman, brothers and sisters, that Jesus had encountered at the well. We're going to start this off at John, the fourth chapter. Go get your Bibles and follow it with us. It's something about reading this word for yourself that unlocks a power versus you hearing somebody and you getting on an emotional high. And then when you leave or when the program is over, that emotional high starts to go down and go down and go down. But when you read the word yourself and become educated in the word of God, brothers and sisters, Education is inspiration. And inspiration is life because expiration is death. So let's get to being inspired, learning about these women of faith. We in the book of John, the fourth chapter, we're going to read verses one through nine. John 4, we're going to start off reading verses one through nine, and it reads. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples. Then John, through Jesus himself, baptized not but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go to Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. 
Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. What are we learning here so far, brothers and sisters? Now, it says that the Jews have no dealings with Samaria. Now, I want you to understand that Jews are only one of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. But there was 11 other tribes. What was it about Samaria that the Jews didn't want no part of? Well, let's go back into the history books and to the encyclopedia and let's, or Wikipedia, and let's learn a little bit about the history of Samaria, okay? It says Samaria, Hebrew, Shamran. So Samaria was pronounced Shamran in Hebrew. It says Samaria is mentioned in the Bible in 1 Kings 16 and 24 as the name of the mountain in which Amri, ruler of the northern Israelite kingdom in the ninth century BCE, built his capital, naming it also Samaria. So here it is. This was an Israelite kingdom once upon a time. We're talking about Samaria, right? And Samaria itself means high mountain or high wall. Okay? Let's go on a little bit further. It says, after the conquered of the northern kingdom by the Assyrians in 722, 721 BCE, the district surrounding the city was likewise called Samaria. Okay, so the Assyrians came in and they conquered this northern Israelite kingdom, but originally it was an Israelite kingdom. So you know what happens, brothers and sisters, when Gentiles come in and they conquer a nation, they begin to establish authority, take them wives of all that they choose. They're called the booty. Okay, that's what the spoils are called, the booty. So, of course, they took these Israelite women and they began to mix with them, the Assyrians and the Israelites, and they begin to have babies. So just like us here in America, when we got over here and a slave master began to mix with our race of people or our nationality, and now we're not a pure race of Israelites anymore, although we're still descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But this is learning something on the way of learning something, because what if your great-great-great-grandfather was a slave owner? According to the Bible, you are what your father is. So if your great, great, great grandfather was a slave owner or a Gentile, then every seed that he produced is also a Gentile. Although you came over here as an Israelite, now you're being mixed and mingled and you may even be a Gentile, although you have dark of skin as I do. But the Lord knew that that would happen, so he fixed this thing. And this is why we're learning something on the way to learning something about this Samaritan woman at the well. Let's continue reading about the history of Samaria. It says, 
um, the ancient city of Samaria was located close to the Arab village of Sebastia, the Greek equivalent of the name Augustus. So now you're getting the Romans coming in, right? Emperor Augustus gave the city to Herod the Great. So we getting all kind of history here. So the Assyrians came in, conquered the northern Israelite kingdom of Samaria. So now the Jews, when they saw the Samaritans, you know what they called them? They called the Samaritans half-breeds. Or like we would look at the light skin of our race today and the name that was called them, they were called... Um, what, what's the, what's the, I forgot the name of it, but y'all put it in the comment section. But um, it would be an issue between those who were mixed in our race versus those who seem to be a little bit darker skin. So anyway, the Jews called them half-breeds. The Samaritans built their own temple, which the Jews considered pagan. The feud grew, and by the time of Christ, the Jews hated the Samaritans so much they crossed the Jordan River rather than to travel through Samaria. So I'm just giving you a little bit of history of why the Jews and the Samaritans had this little issue with one another. It had a lot to do with the Assyrians, the conquering of one of the Israelite northern kingdoms, and the Jews looking upon them saying that, hey, y'all half breeds. Y'all ain't pure Israelites. We don't get down with y'all like that. So here it is. The Samaritan woman is saying to Jesus, why are you talking to me? You know, the Jews have no dealings with Samaria. So let's go forward. Let's go to uh, verses 10 through 14. Jesus engages the woman in conversation a little bit more, exposing to her and us who's reading it. What is to come? Versus what was or what was established, brothers and sisters. Let's go to John 4, 10 through 14. And it reads, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that said to thee, give me to drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said unto him, sir. You have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. From whence then has thou that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Wait a minute. The Samaritan woman is calling their father Jacob, who was the first Israelite. So see, when we were growing up, we weren't taught that the Samaritans were Israelites that had been invaded and mixed in with the Assyrians. But the Samaritan woman said that her father was Jacob. Jesus didn't deny that. So Jesus, who was a Jew and an Israelite, is dealing with a fellow Israelite called the Samaritan brothers and sisters, according to what we're reading right here. Let's read it again. John 4 and 12. It says, are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? So wait a minute. Let's go a little bit deeper into what she just spoke to Jesus and what she just said. And let me read these last two verses, 13 and 14. Jesus answered and said to her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. 
But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. There we go, brothers and sisters. That's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about this water that Jesus was speaking to the Samaritan woman about that springs forth everlasting life. Let's investigate that a little bit further. Let's go to the book of 1 John, the second chapter, verse 23 to 25. 1 John, the second chapter, verses 23 25. Jesus, what are you talking about? Everlasting water. The water that you were saying to this Samaritan woman, if you asked of me that water, you would never thirst again. First John, the second chapter, and we're going to read verses 23 through 25. 1 John 2, 23 through 25, and it reads, Whosoever denieth the Son, the same have not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. That's what we're looking for. That's why we come before you on Tuesday. That's why we go to church on the Sabbath day. That's why we try our best to walk in the statutes, laws, and the commandments of God. Because we want the gift of eternal life brothers and sisters. Let's talk a little bit more about that water. Let's go to Isaiah, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 6. Isaiah, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 6. Let's investigate this, this water that you will never thirst from again. Isaiah, the 12th chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 through six, Isaiah 12, one through six, and it reads, and in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though you was angry with me, thine anger is turned away and you comforted me. Now, when I was growing up, I thought that every book of the Bible and what is called the Old Testament or the scripture had nothing to do with today's time. But as I grew spiritually and matured spiritually, I understood that all of these prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, was writing about times that were not even here yet, that time is to come. So this is talking about the return of Jesus or the coming back of Jesus, which has not even happened yet. So what is going to happen when Jesus comes back? Isaiah, let's read it again. And now let's read it with a little bit deeper insight and understanding. He said, in that day, what day? That day when Jesus returns. You shall say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry, angry with me, your anger is turned away 
and you comforted me. Behold, God is my salvation. Who was our Lord and Savior? It was none other than Jesus, the Christ. So when it says here that God is my salvation, it is talking about none other than the one whom we call Jesus, but he just wasn't called Jesus when the book of Isaiah was being written. He was called God. He was called Lord. He was in his spiritual form. But then when he came in the world through Mary, he manifested in this flesh and blood form. That's why in the book of John, the first chapter, it said he was in the world and the world was made by him. Well, we know that the world being made was credited to a God. And that's why we say God the Father and God the Son or the Word. So this particular God that we're talking about right now is the one whom today we know to be as Jesus. Let's read a little bit more about him and the name that he went by back then. Verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah. Who's the Lord Jehovah? The one whom we call Jesus today. He was, he's our savior. He's the one that came into the world and the world was made by him. It says, I would trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become again, my, salva my salvation. How did he become our salvation? When he died on the cross and he gave up that ghost, brothers and sisters, so that we may have a second chance at salvation. Verse three, therefore with joy shall you draw water. Uh-oh. Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. So the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, thought that he was talking about the water that was at the bottom of Jacob's well that he built. But no, he was talking about the water that comes out of the wells of salvation, brothers and sisters. We can learn a lot from these women of faith. Let's continue at verse four. And in that day shall you say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Is it known in all the earth now? No, it's not known in all the earth now because he's not back yet. So what Isaiah was writing about was the day when Jesus comes back and become king of kings and Lord of lords. Verse six, cry out and shout, thou inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. So this is the water that Jesus spoke about. The water of salvation that comes out of the well of salvation. But let's get back to the Samaritan woman, brothers and sisters, because we got some more to learn about this Samaritan woman. How much it teaches us in today's time. Now, when Jesus was speaking to this woman at the well, he was speaking to you and I in today's time. Those of us who hold God in exclusivity. That he can only be our God, that oh, he, he can only represent us, that he can only deal with us. Well, we had that chance and we had that opportunity. 
Matter of fact, let's take a detour. Let's go to Amos, the third chapter, and let's look at the relationship that God built only with our nation. And because he built a relationship only with our nation, let's look what he said he was going to do to us. Let's go to Amos, the third chapter. The book of Amos, the third chapter. I'm sorry, Sister Key Israel. I'm, I'm throwing a little bit of detour in here because I want to show them something on the way to showing them something. Amos, the third chapter. And we're going to read verses one and two, just two verses. It says, hear this word which the Lord have spoken against you. Oh, children of Israel, why is the Lord speaking against us? I'm going to tell you why and show you why. It says against the whole family, which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying you only have I known of all the families of the earth. So the only relationship that God established with any nation on earth was with the nation of Israel. He said, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I'm going to punish you for all of your iniquities. Now you can understand why we have been in the situation and the condition that we have been in, because we are the only ones that God had established a relationship with. But we turned them in for golden calves, the gods of Egypt, the gods of Babylon, the god of Easter, the god of Christmas, Mithra. But God said, okay, you got to ride this thing out. And we're riding it out, brothers and sisters. We can march all we want to march. We can protest all we want to protest. We can sing, we shall overcome as much as we want to sing, we shall overcome. But as a nation of people, we will continue to suffer through this oppression and the things that we have gone through until Jesus himself overturns this curse, which is going to be when he comes back. But again, we're in the book of John, the fourth chapter. We're still dealing with this woman at the well. God is not exclusive to us anymore, brothers and sisters. He has opened up this door to all of Adam's children today. Let's go back to John, the fourth chapter. 15 through 23, John, the fourth chapter. And we're going to read verses 15 through 23. We're talking about the great women of faith, part two. John, the fourth chapter, 15 through 23. And it reads, the woman saith unto him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here to draw anymore. Jesus said unto her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, you have said well, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and he whom thou now has is not your husband. And that saidest you truly. The woman said unto him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerus Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship you not, you worship ye not what? We know, um, let me break this down in plain English. You don't know what you're worshiping, but we know what we worship. 
for salvation is of the Jews. Now, when God said you are the only nation that I've known, yes, God gave his statutes, his laws, and his commandments to the Israelites. And through the Jews is where Jesus and the lineage of Jesus came from. And through him came salvation. So you can understand why he's saying salvation is of the Jews, but that don't mean that she can't get part of it being a Samaritan woman, or you can't be a part of it being a non-Israelite. Verse 23, it says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the father seeketh such to worship. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So throw away those crosses that you got in your homes. You don't need that cross to worship him. Spirit is invisibility. You can't see spirit. So you don't need something that you can see to worship him. Because if you can see it, then faith is not required. You don't need a picture on a wall of a white Jesus or a black Jesus with dreadlocks in his head. Because God said, worship me in spirit and in truth. We know what Jesus looked like because the Bible describes him as a black man. But that ain't going to get us salvation. Or it ain't going to make us any closer to God than anyone else today. What gives us salvation to make us closer to God is keeping the statutes, laws, and the commandments. But since we mentioned that we got to worship God in spirit and in truth. Let's go and show you that when Jesus comes, who's going to be there to worship him? Looking for this water of salvation that this Samaritan woman was looking for. This water that once given, you are never thirsty again. Now, after the 144,000 out of 12,000 of each of the 12 tribes of Israel is sealed. We're in the book of Revelations, the seventh chapter. And after the three and a half year great tribulation period has ceased, and this is the purpose of why they sealed, because they have to be protected during the three and a half year great tribulation period, right? But there's a great event that takes place after all of this is done. This marks the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. It also marks the first resurrection and it also marks the great gathering of Israel. But let's also see who's coming with Israel when we are gathered at the coming of the Lord. Let's go to Revelation 7, verses 9 through 10. Revelation 7, verses 9 through 10, we learn a lot from this woman of faith, this Samaritan woman at the well that was not a Jew, that before Jesus, the Jews had no dealings with. But Jesus said, even you, my daughter, can take part of this well, this, this water and this well of salvation. We have Revelations, the seventh chapter. We're going to read two verses, nine and ten. Remember, this is after the 12,000 is sealed. After the great tribulation period, at the coming of Jesus, the first resurrection and the great gathering 
of Israelites all over the world that have been placed through the four corners of the world by way of the transatlantic slave trade. Jesus said, I'm coming to get you. But look who's coming with us. Revelation, Revelation 7, 9 and 10. It says, after this, I beheld and look a great multitude, which no man can number of all nations. Wait a minute. I thought this was just for Israelites. It says right here of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. What were they doing standing before Jesus, the Christ, or in this instance is called the lamb. It says, and cried with a loud voice saying salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and upon the lamb. That shows us a couple of things. That when Jesus comes and we meet him in the air, he not rapturing us off unto heaven. No, he's coming back down to this earth and he's sitting on the throne of David, which was in Jerusalem because David never had a throne in heaven. And he's at a place on earth where the people can access him. And that's why in the Lord's prayer, Jesus said, our father, which art in heaven, thy kingdom come. Yes, his kingdom is coming, brothers and sisters. And when is it coming? After that three and a half year great tribulation period. After the sealing of the 12,000 of each of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. And when he comes, he brings with him the reward of the first resurrection and the gathering of the children of Israel and the accepting of every non-Israelite that follows the doctrine of the Israelites and keep their statues, laws, and their commandments. We're talking about the women of faith, brothers and sisters. Now, where there is no faith, there is no hope. Now, let's go to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. We got to deal with the definition of faith. And we got to understand what it is and what it means in order to get that water of salvation that this Samaritan woman who had faith had asked Jesus for. Let's go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5. We're talking about the women of faith, brothers and sisters, but we got to understand what faith is in order to understand how can we be like these women of faith and get the favor that Jesus gave them and showed them. It says at verse 1, Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So this is why we say remove the crosses, remove those statues and different things that the Roman Catholic Church gave us. And that's why when we walk in their churches, we see crosses, we see images of dead saints, and we see all kind of things. Well, if God is an invisible God, because he's a spirit. And to give you an example of what spirit is, Jesus gives the example to Nicodemus 
with the wind. We can look at a tree and we can look at the leaves blowing. We don't see what's making the leaves move, but we know that it is the wind. If you have a flag on a flagpole and the flag begins flapping, we don't see what's making it flat, but we know that it exists because the evidence of this existence is present. Well, we can't see God, but we know the evidence of his existence because everything that you have gone through in your life, if you are here today, God has allowed you to overcome it because of your faith, brothers and sisters. When you didn't think that you were going to be able to make it, when you didn't think that you were going to be able to get out of that relationship that you were in, when you didn't think that you were not going to get out of that bondage of financial binding that you were once in, you had to file bankruptcy, you got your car repossessed, your home went in foreclosure, and everything was going array in your life and you were going through disarray in your life but look at you today 10 years later five years later you're not going through what you once went through why because faith in which you had it's the substance of things hoped for you are hoping and praying to god get me out of this situation and some of us made promises with god god if you just get me out of this i swear i start going to church i i swear i yeah some of us didn't made those promises before brothers and sisters but faith allows you to deal with today's issues with the tomorrow's mindset i'm gonna say that again faith allows you to deal with today's issues with the tomorrow mindset what do you mean a tomorrow's mindset what i mean is this today you can look back on what your life was like last year you can look back at what your life was like five and ten years ago, and you can look at it like, boy, whoo, I sure didn't think I was going to get through that. You can look back at it today. You can laugh at it today. You can just say, shake your head and smile because you today are looking at it like, man, God really blessed me. I didn't know how I was going to make it through that, but he really blessed me. Can you deal with today's issues with a tomorrow mindset? Can you remove that worrying, that stress and that doubt that you have placed on yourself because of today's issues? And talk about today like tomorrow is already here and say, I know God is going to work it out. I don't know how he's going to do it or what he's going to do, but I'm going to let peace be still. And I'm going to get up every day like it's already done. I'm going to jump in this car. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do my normal activities as if it has already been done. That's how you deal with today's issues with the tomorrow mindset. But let's go ahead and continue reading. We're at the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. I'm going to start back at verse 1 and read down to verse 5. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it, what is it? Now, I always teach that you have to establish a subject matter when you're reading these chapters. Because when you get to a personal pronoun, it refers to the subject matter. So the subject matter of this chapter is faith. So when it says, for by it, 
it's referring to faith. So for by it, or you can replace it with the word faith, for by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understood that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. <laughs> Excuse me. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, by faith, he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God has translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So if Enoch has not seen death and he has already been translated into spirit being, then guess what? Enoch is God. Now, we know that he's not the father or the son, but we know that once we get tra um, translated or resurrected into our spiritual body, we become a part of the Godhead. I'm sorry, not the Godhead, but the body of Christ and the God family, and we become joint heirs with Christ. But Enoch already there. He's already been translated. He's already a spirit being. He's already made that transition. So we are waiting to get what Enoch already has, brothers and sisters. Now, that's a deeper learning and a deeper understanding. We can get into that at another time, but we just want to tell you what faith does since we're talking about faith. Now, let's go ahead and continue and let's go to verses seven and eight and let's get back into these women of faith since we kind of went a couple of other places. Let's get back to these women of faith. Seven and eight, it says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteous, which is by faith. Now, if you read the book of Genesis, the sixth chapter, it'll tell you that God found grace in Noah. So grace just didn't appear when Jesus came. Grace was here and first mentioned during the time of Noah. Verse nine, I'm sorry, verse um, verse eight. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after received for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out not knowing where he was going. So when you have faith, brothers and sisters, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And I'll keep stressing that point because we got to walk in faith. Whether we know what the outcome is going to be or not, that's how God knows that you believe in him and that you trust him. Because when you don't know what the outcome is going to be, you're still walking in the direction of faith. Now, let's go ahead and read 11 through 13. Let's go ahead and get to Sarah, another woman of faith. It says, through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And who did Sarah conceive? Isaac, brothers and sisters, and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful whom had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. 
These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So they were not resurrected as soon as they died, brothers and sisters. They did not gain access to the kingdom of God as soon as they died. Although today through ignorance, when we go to a funeral, I'm guaranteeing that you're going to have some person saying, I know my mom is up in heaven looking down, smiling on me. That's not the way God works, brothers and sisters, because Jesus brings his reward when he comes. If he has not come back yet, the reward is not here yet of resurrection. And if your mama could look down on you, smile. She could also look down on you and frown upon you. Because our grandbaby was shot and killed. Because somebody was abducted and, and raped. And you see the stuff that's going on in the news. If your mother who has passed away was knowledgeable of the things that were going on in your life today. How could she rest in peace? Because everything that's going on with you ain't good. But no, brothers and sisters, God is not a God who's going to put the dead through torture like that. No, this is called sleep or resting in peace. Just like when you're asleep at night, you are not knowledgeable of what's going on in the world until you wake back up. So when we wake back up, brothers and sisters, which is during the time of the resurrection, that whole time period that you have been dead or asleep, you would have had no knowledge of what took place or went on in the life of your families or in the world between the time you took your last breath and the time that you were resurrected. But Sarah is another woman of faith who gave birth to Isaac, who was the father of Jacob, who was our father, who began our whole nation. Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. But we're talking about the women of faith. Let's go down to verse 23 through 27. Let's read about another woman of faith. Faith, 23 through 27. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. So we know Moses' mother hid him and his sister hid him for three months because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. You know, Pharaoh had commanded that every child, male child, be murdered during that time. But because his mother had faith and his sister had faith, they hid him because they knew there was something about this child that the Lord had blessed them with. 24, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Brothers and sisters, Moses was alive because of women of faith who hid him, who knew that God had something much greater in store for him. Now, let's go ahead down a little bit further, verses 30 and 31, and let's keep reading. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab, remember we read that 
last week, this woman of faith who was a prostitute, who was a harlot, but had faith in the God of the children of Israel. Faith saved our whole family. Let's read it. Hebrews 11 and 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab didn't die, perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah of David also and Samuel and the prophets. So brothers and sisters, Rahab saved her and her whole household because she had faith. Let's go down to 39 and 40 and we're getting ready to close this thing out. It says, all these having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. So they died, brothers and sisters, and were not resurrected, didn't gain access into the kingdom of God. And why didn't they receive the promise? I'm going to show you why. It says, God having provided some better thing for us. Who is he talking about for us? You and I. What was this thing that God provided that was better for us? It says that they without us should not be made perfect. So if they lived in Christ and died in Christ, and if we live in Christ and die in Christ or stay alive until Jesus comes, guess what? We're going to be instantly changed in the moment, in an instant, in a twinkling of an eye, or if we're already dead when Jesus comes, guess what's going to happen? We're going to be raised with all of these people of faith that we just read about that were so great that they got books in the Bible, that they got chapters in the books in the Bible. We're talking about Moses. We're talking about Abraham. We're talking about Isaac. We're talking about Jacob. They were so great and did so much. But Jesus said, I'm not going to make them greater than you, that they get the reward before you get the reward. When I come, all of you all together is going to get the reward at the same time. That's power, brothers and sisters, and that's powerful. And if we have faith, the size of a mustard seed. We can gain those waters of salvation that Jesus spoke about to the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. That's powerful, brothers and sisters. We're talking about the women of faith and how we can learn a lot from these women of faith. We got just four more places to go, and we're going to go through this real quick. Now, where there is no faith there is no hope brothers and sisters you will always be always be dissatisfied you will always be disappointed every time you talk to people they're going to hear you complain about what's going wrong in your life you're always going to be down and depressed you're going to lie to yourself and try to convince other people oh i'm good i'm all right you ain't good you ain't all right i can hear the hurt in your voice all this because you don't know the majesty of God, brothers and sisters. How can you say that you love God and expect 
not to be tested. Abraham was tested. Jesus, when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was tested and tempted of Satan. What makes you think that we're going to be different? Let's go to Luke 8, 22 through 25. Luke 8. Twenty-two through twenty-five, and it reads: Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he rose and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said unto them, where is your faith? How many times have you been in a situation where it's like a raging storms and the waves of problems and the waves of issues and your life became overbearing? And you thought that you were going to die or you were going to lose everything that you had. But Jesus is saying to you the same things that he said to the disciples that was in that boat, in that lake, where the waters became very hostile. And pushing the boat and filling the boat with water. Your life today is being filled with all kind of water. And you look like you're going to drown in your own situation that you're going through now. But Jesus is saying to you the same thing he said to them. Where is your faith? And they being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and water and they obey him. Just like Jesus commanded the winds and the waters to calm in that situation, he could command the winds and the waters and your life situations to calm too, if you have faith. That's why when you see people with faith, their demeanor is totally different. They have a calmness in their spirit. People look at them and say, oh, you don't never get mad. You don't never get angry. No, it's not that I don't get mad. It's not that I don't get angry. It's just that I am in control over those emotions because I have faith, brothers and sisters. Now, let's go ahead and read a little bit more. Let's go to Matthew, the 21st chapter. 21st chapter, don't you know that you have the power through Jesus to rebuke the storms in your life? Let's go to Matthew 21, 18 through 22. Matthew 21, Eighteen through twenty-two, brothers and sisters, we can learn a lot from these women of faith. Matthew twenty-one, eighteen through twenty-two. It says, "Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. When he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And he said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith 
and doubt not, and I'm saying to you the same thing, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. So no matter how big the problems look in your life, no matter how big the obstacles or situations look in your life, if you have faith and no doubt, and if you say, be thou mountain removed, it's going to get out of the way, brothers and sisters. Verse 22, all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, maybe we praying and we ain't believing. But it says all things that you ask for in prayer, believing you shall receive, brothers and sisters. So maybe we walking around with a little bit of doubt. While we're trying to ask God to deliver us from the things that we are dealing with. Maybe we have to totally submit and lay it all on the altar and trust God that he can do what he say he can do. Let's go ahead and close this thing out. Matthew 15, Matthew 15, 21 through 28. You can't say that you believe in God and you complain. You can't say that you believe in God and you scared. You can't say that you believe in God and you're frustrated. You can't say that you believe in God and have doubt because faith and fear cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Brothers and sisters, Matthew 15, 21 through 28, Matthew 15, 21 through 28, and it reads, then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her and said, Is it not meat to take the children's bread and cast it unto dogs? Jesus called this woman a dog, brothers and sisters. And she acknowledged it, because look at what she said. She said, Truth, Lord, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Bid unto thee even as thou will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour because she had faith. So today, brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter whether you are an Israelite or not. It doesn't matter. What matters today is if you have faith. Like these women of faith that we're talking about in this lesson today, brothers and sisters. So this thing is not exclusive to Israelites anymore. It's not exclusive to Jews anymore. This thing is open to those who believe. So those of you who hold God in exclusivity. 
He don't just belong to us. He belongs to the sons and daughters of Adam who have faith, no matter what their nationality, race, color, or creed is. Let's go to Matthew, the eighth chapter. And we're going to read verses five through 10. Matthew, the eighth chapter, verses five through 10. You know what? Let's make it 5 through 11. Matthew, the, and we only have one more place after this. Matthew, the eighth chapter, verses 5 through 11. Let's read about this non-Israelite and see what Jesus said about him. Because, see, sometimes we think because we go to church, because we go to the synagogue or the temple, because we keep the feast days, because we keep the Sabbath days, some people think that we're better than the non-Israelites. Let's look at this non-Israelite and let's see what Jesus had to say about this non-Israelite. Now, remember, the laws were not given to them. The statutes were not given unto them. So, actually, we're held to a higher standard, brothers and sisters. But let's, let's look at the people who were not given what we were given. Let's look at this. This centurion man, Matthew 8, 5 through 11. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the words only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes, and to my servant do this, and he does this. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, verily I say unto you, I have not found such great faith, no, not in Israel. This was a centurion man, a Roman who had more faith than anyone whom Jesus had seen in Israel. You ain't got to come and lay hands on my servant. You ain't even got to come to my house under my roof. All you got to do is speak the words. Look at that faith, brothers and sisters. Do you have enough faith to say, Lord, I'm praying to you to fix my situation. All you got to do is say, let it be done and it is so and it will be. That's all I need. I'm not asking you twice. I'm not asking you three times. I'm not saying, Lord, remember me. Remember what I asked you for. I'm just reminding you, Lord. No, brothers and sisters, that ain't faith. Faith is going to him, petitioning him. In Jesus' name, of what you require, desire, or request of him, and then letting God do his work from there. You ain't got to go remind him. You ain't got to help him do his job. Let the Lord work and do it on his own if you have faith. Verse 11, 
Jesus said, and I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Now, that don't mean that we're going to heaven. It just means that the kingdom of heaven, as he mentioned, comes from heaven and it comes down to this earth. And since I said it, key, I got to. I got to show it to him. Where's this kingdom of heaven now and where is it coming to? Let's go to Revelations, the 21st chapter. Everything that we say, brothers and sisters, we can back it up with scripture. We don't speak things that we can't read. So if I tell you that the kingdom of heaven is called the kingdom of heaven, it's because currently is in heaven, but it's going to be on this earth. I got to read it to you. Revelations 21, verses 2 and 3. It says, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, that's the kingdom of God, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Who prepared it? Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many mansions. Verse three, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God, the kingdom of God, the house of God, whatever you want to call it, is with men. Men live on this earth. And he, talking about God, will dwell, which means live with them. I thought we was going to live with God. But in here, it says God is coming to live with us. I'm going to read it again. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them. Talking about us. We're not going nowhere to be with God. God is coming to be with us. And when he comes, look at what it says. It says. It says, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. So God is establishing his kingdom here on earth. Going back to the Lord's prayer when Jesus said, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. We know what the Lord's prayer say, yet we still keep telling people that we go on to heaven or that our loved ones are in heaven. Or I can't wait to get up into heaven. Brothers and sisters, everything in, that's in heaven now is coming down here to be with us. So when we access the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, it'll be right here on earth. As Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, let's close this thing out. We're going to close this thing out in Hebrews, the first chapter, one verse, verse six, Hebrews one and verse six. And it reads. I'm sorry, Hebrews 11. Verse six, Hebrews 11. Verse six, and it reads, without faith, I'm going to say that again, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that come up to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I got to read that one more time. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Brothers and sisters, without faith, it is impossible to please 
God. Let's let these women of faith, brothers and sisters, be our example of how things could be for us. If we just removed the doubt, if we removed the stress and the depression, anxiety, and just trust him, brothers and sisters, if we just did those things, you would watch your situation turn around overnight. Now let's close this thing out. Number six, 24 through 27, last place. Number six, 24 through 27. And it reads, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. This is the promise of the Lord, brothers and sisters. Let's hold fast to that and keep our faith. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. Now, I hope you enjoyed tonight's lesson. Please put in the comment section what you thought about tonight's lesson. I do go back and read the comments, and I appreciate that. That gives me motivation to keep bringing these lessons forth and bringing these lessons. I want to thank Team Truth Hour, Sister Key Israel my mentor and brother, Brother Julius, for helping me pour into this lesson today. I want to thank those who are tuned in through Facebook and YouTube, as you do every week. Continue to share these lessons, brothers and sisters. Now, if you're on YouTube and you have a Facebook page, then go and like our Facebook group page, which is called The Truth Hour Bible Class. Again, The Truth Hour Bible Class. If you are on Facebook and you have a YouTube channel, we need more subscribers. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Truth Hour TV. Now, if you want to be added to our text message invite reminder list, get your pens out. Text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Again, text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Sister Yogi, we don't say great sermon because um, it wasn't a speech, but we do say great lesson because this Bible lesson tonight was all about the word of God, not about what was in Brother DeAndre's, Brother Black Isis' mind. Um, when you text your name in and, and um, the keywords truth hour to that number, that means that we'll text you before we go live. And what we'll do is remind you that we're about to go live and what the subject matter is going to be for that particular lesson. Okay. So next week, we're going to give you another powerful lesson. Don't forget that the Lord's New Year's Day is coming up, right? The Lord's New Year's Day is coming up. I'm going to tell you exactly when it is. Let me see. Calendar 2023. Let's go to images. 
Uh, off the top of my head, I want to say that it is Wednesday, March the 22nd at sundown. <clears throat> but I'm going to make sure, brothers and sisters, that I'm giving you the right information. Let me see. March. Let's see. Does Satan know he is crafty? Let's see. Let me open up one of these calendars. Uh, your clock is fine. Okay. All right, let me go on my phone and see real quick. <clears throat> Calendar. Yep, I was correct. So the Lord's New Year's Day is Wednesday, March the 22nd at sundown. How many of those who profess that they love Jesus and they said, man, I'm going to be in church New Year's Eve. Go be in, in church on March, Tuesday, March the 21st. But we're going to be in church. Bible class, the Truth Hour Church on New Year's Eve, which is Tuesday, March the 21st. How do you know, Brother Black Eyes, that the Lord's New Year's Day is on March 22nd at sundown? Because when you read the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, verse verses, I believe, four and five, it says, in the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. So, when is the Lord's Passover? Remember, the Lord's Passover is 14 days in the first month. So the Lord's Passover this year, let's see, is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sister Key, but I believe it is. April the 5th at sundown. That's the Lord's Passover. But remember, Passover is 14 days into the first month. We know seven days is one week. 14 days is two weeks. So subtract two weeks from April the 5th or two Wednesdays from April the 5th. You got March the 22nd. That's how we know that the Lord's New Year's Day is March 22nd. Also, you'll see a new moon. Um, on the lunar calendar, because when you get to the book of Genesis, the first chapter, it tells you that the um, that the lights in the sky is for seasons, and is for signs, is for days, and it's for months, and it's for years. Okay, I'm paraphrasing that. Go look at it on your own. Keep tuning in, y'all. Um, you'll go ahead and learn a lot, brothers and sisters, um, in this Bible class. And um, I'm just humbled to be a vessel for the Lord um, in this class. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you and good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.